We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Talk about the Warriors. It's like thirty seconds of dramatic, uh, dramatic time. I, I'm, I'm with my sister today. I'm at home, and uh, she's asking me, Sam, like, well, what are you going to talk about? Isn't it the off season? And I'm just like, let's go, Sam. What you got for us? I'm ready. Three sixty five, baby. I got, Sir. I got top. I can go all year. We could be, we'll be debating Rick Barry next week. No, we won't. <laughs> but yes, it is the dead part of the season, but that's okay. Most of you are Niner fans anyway, and if you're not a Niner fan, you're probably a Niner hater. So we'll we'll get our guy Jason Aponte on here to talk a little football on the back half. But, you know, former Warriors point guard legend Gilbert Arenas blessed us with a podcast with Steph Curry, which, you know, going to have to obviously react to a little bit, right? Steph has been making the media rounds this summer. Can we talk about that? Yeah, he did. Uh, he he's doing really like anything. After the hot wing stuff, I I sat there and I was just like, yeah, he's he's doing whatever. <laughs> the guy just doesn't. Just, any anybody that reaches out to Steph that has a follow, he, he's doing it. He's he's getting I mean, it he's to getting it to anyone. Promoting underrated, mm-hmm. obviously. I, I think that's part of it. The other part is I just think he's at that stage of his career where he's like. I'm trying to enjoy everything because I don't know how many more years I have left. You know, he kind of said that he's like, you know, I think I have more years left, but like, you can't just assume once you get to your mid thirties, late thirties, that sort of thing. So it does feel a little like he's, you know, he's just looking at it. He's like, man, I think I can play till I'm 40, but not a lot of guys get to do that. So I can't assume I can. He feels like one of the most self-aware athletes that that are in the game today, if not one of the most self-aware athletes ever. Like I don't think he's an under 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 any illusion that he's gonna keep this prime going for five more years, right? Like I, I don't think it's that. I think he's very well aware of where he's gonna be a year or even two years from now. And I think like that explains a lot of so much of the moves this offseason. I think it's why he wanted Chris Paul. I think he's it's why he um uh, was kind of telling the Warriors front office, like, hey, make this trade. We're going to go all in. We're going to – even we if tried, it means- – We tried the – um, we tried it, and it's like – it's just – it's not realistic. 
So do it. You know, and I'd rather, on. I think, you know, you and I and a lot of our listeners and, and fans everywhere have wanted him to say that two years ago. But mm-hmm. uh, he, I mean, that's what makes Steph who he is, right? Like he was never going to do that as a first option. But I do think like he's gotten to the point where. I mean, the dream scenario does sound like he gets to pull the Tim Duncan. Like they draft Kawhi and, you know, that guy becomes the next guy and he can kind of fade to a second option and just everything's comfortable. Everyone wants that. It's just not how it goes, right? Like, I think that's kind of what it came down to, right? Like, it just at a certain at a certain point, just looking around, he's like, you're not Kawhi, you're not, and it's, it's not happening. You know, and it's, it's, it's well, it's <laughs> like if Kaminga, you're not going to be Kawhi, then how do we get someone in here that'll maximize you to be your best self and make an impact? Yeah, he said it on the he said it on the Gibbon Arena show that you, you just brought up, right? It's, I mean, does he think they're going to be good? I mean, he hopes so, but part of it is like, yeah, well, Chris Paul is going to make life easier for him, that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's like, hey, man, I, I get it, you know, Jordan Poole could be a superstar, it could be, you know, like it's a little bit of a risk there, but. I know Chris Paul isn't going to pull some of the stuff that happened last year. So a little safer. Um, There was one quote on this pod that went, uh, went viral. So I'm going to play it here. These, how many times have you heard the Steffer magic debate? Like, honestly, yeah. 2000, 4,000. We're going to get so much more of it, Sam. Come on now. This is just a beginning. Are you the best point guard ever? Yes. I have to, yes. Is me and Magic? That's the, the conversation? Yeah. Go through the whole thing. But, you know, just it's something he wouldn't have done three years ago. He wouldn't have said it. He'd have given you a more political answer. He'd just go on like, look, man, there's only one other point guard whose resume is anywhere near mine. I know it's the two of us. So, like, no point to even lie about it anymore. Well, he would have been wrong two, three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he didn't win a championship. He didn't win four, right? He had three, and and Magic is five. So, it's like, you know, you're right. I I think that fourth championship is is very much was his... um, It's a fuck you to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, the way he (laughs) created that, I mean... He's right. Isn't it just Steph and Magic? Uh, I I I mean, Magic off history. Right, history. But I mean, who, okay. Yeah, there's like Isaiah Thomas led the Pistons to two titles. No, you know, like just do the math. It's not in the same ballpark. And then every other point guard who's on a championship team wasn't the best player. Like, are you going to say Tony Parker? Cause he has, you know, four rings too. It's like Tony Parker was never their best player. You know, there's not only two teams in modern NBA, three. Actually, three teams in the modern NBA had the point guard as their best player. Warriors, Showtime Lakers, and the Isaiah Thomas Pistons. So as far as I'm concerned, no one else even has a seat at the table. Just period, you know? It's it's that simple. And you know you know what I think is the funniest is like Magic and Steph throughout their career were dogged for not being point guards. Like Magic's kind of six nine. People thought he should have played another position, especially early in his career. His most famous memory is he started at center as a rookie when Kareem was injured. Like the best point guard of all time, the 
the biggest memory you have of him is him playing a different position, you know, like kind of funny. And then like, we all know what people say about Steph because he doesn't pound the ball into the ground, you know, Oh, not true point guard, that sort of thing. Right. So it's like, I think it just speaks great players. Like, yeah, they don't, they play, they reinvent the game. They don't just like play it based off of an instructional video. Like everything Steph does doesn't make sense to me before his existence. Um, that's always, I think, going to be his crowning argument is that he is basketball <laughs> uh, the last 10 years and he will be basketball the next 20 years. That That's Steph's thing. I mean, on top of that, he's won the championships. He's done all the stuff that you need to do to be considered an all-timer. But Steph is what hoops is about. Cool thing about Steph and Magic, too, is those guys made basketball super fun. <laughs> it's yeah. actually, actually fun to watch and they are happy all the time. Um, one interesting note from the comments, Jason Forrester asked, like, has Steph played with a player to the caliber that Kareem has? Um, I, I always KD? find that argument. Yeah, I mean, obviously KD, right? Obviously. I always and find those never arguments. Lost. They never <laughs> lost. And they would not have ever lost if KD had had uh, kept it together sure. and stayed on the Warriors. But uh, I, I don't know. I find those arguments always interesting. It's like you play with who you play with, man. Like, that's just just how it goes. KD wanted to go play with Steph. And, and you know, and Magic and Kareem ended up together. Like, it's just, just how it goes. And I think what's interesting is that Magic has five titles. Steph has four. Um, I think both guys are amazing. Is it just obvious then that Steph is the the best point guard of all time, best guard of all time when he wins five? <laughs> is that just that obvious? Does that one championship not matter as much? I tend to think like, I don't know. I, I would like the career of Steph to be over first, but I, don't know. I, I find it. And and you know the the other thing that's kind of similar about them, um, Magic won a title after Kareem retired. So bring it up in the comments. Like yes, when Magic was a rookie, he had prime Kareem. But they won one title when Kareem was old man. And then they won another one without him. And Steph can kind of say the same thing too. I won before KD. I won after KD. It's pretty indisputable. Like those two guys made a huge impact. And like, yes, when they play with great players, that helps. And when they don't have all timers next to them, they can figure ways out to do it too. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm with you. I don't think it's the most compelling argument, teammate stuff, but if they're they're both just indisputable. I I like this comment. This is true. You never win the war against nostalgia. Abs- Come on, man. In 30 years, there's going to be a player who's probably better than Steph Curry, and I will never admit it. No shot. I will just, just, no shot. Six no eight shot. Du- six eight dude who's pulling up from behind half court, and you know just does things a little better than him, and I'm going to be like. Steph was pulling up from his own free throw line. You yeah, don't know what you're talking no, about. Yeah, no, 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 no he doesn't. Defense they played in his era was so much better. This, no, anyone sure. could score on these dudes. Damn it. <laughs> so uh, I was dri- I was driving in my car today, and I, and my buddy's like, we're going down memory lane of of the car that I grew up driving, the Geo Prism that I had. I don't remember what year it was. Is a bucket. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, you know, I kind of miss that car. You look back, and you're like, that car was the worst freaking car in the world, Sam. But you know what? Nostalgia. Nostalgia makes me miss that car. It makes me miss the car that could barely get past 45 miles per hour on the freeway. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you'll never win that battle. You'll you'll never ever win that battle. But I do think because the thing about like even with Kobe, with how great Kobe is, and I think everybody's got Kobe in their top five. He's just never same with Duncan, same with same with maybe even LeBron, dude. Like, there's just never gonna be someone that you can just say, yeah. Let me tell you about this dude that I grew up watching. He's the reason why these freaking kids now shoot threes from 35 feet with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. He's the reason why. You can hate him or you can love him. 
or you can hate how basketball is being played now, but that's why. I don't know. Can you you can't really say that about LeBron even? What has he changed on the court? No, and to your point, LeBron's LeBron's argument is he changed stuff off the court. Sure. Debatable cool. for the better, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a different conversation. Um yeah. It's true. He's he's all timer. I'm with you. I don't really want to do this stuff until he retires per se, but it's August 21st. So we got to talk about something. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. There is a uh, one other stuff thing. So I just, I just saw this fan duels is taking bets on MVP. Oh, I mean, they'll take, they'll take your money whenever you want to give Hell it just yeah. to be clear. And I'm down. And I noticed Steph Curry tied sixth best MVP odds with, Friend of the show, Kevin Durant. And I don't know. Do you think Steph can win an MVP this year? Because it, it, I saw someone mention it, and I hadn't thought about it until they threw it out there. But the last time a player over the age of 30 won an MVP was Steve Nash. And it is kind of like a young guy award now. Like it, I don't think it's representative of who the best player is. It's just like, Who's next? Who's going to go all out for 75 games? Who's going to, you know, politic? It's getting honestly a little annoying from, if I'm being honest with you, but I'm looking at this list. Jokic is the favorite. He should be the favorite. He's probably going to play 75 games. He's probably going to be Nikola Jokic. Giannis, Luca, Luca's odds on favorite to be the next young guy, but will Dallas be good enough this year? We'll see. Embiid, I would bet money there's very little chance he repeats. Tatum, the other young guy who's going to be on sure. a good team. And then Katie and Steph tied right there. Devin Booker right behind him. I don't know. I kind of feel like the list probably cuts off right here. Keep, keep going down a little bit after Damon, SGA, Anthony Edwards. I mean, uh, Anthony Davis there. Edwards, where does, where does he land on this? Woo, okay. Woo. He might be getting bet up based on FIBA, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Team, so yeah, his team sucks. Um. No, is my initial reaction. There's no shot. Um, I don't see how. I, one is the obvious one. Why would Steph care? Why, why would he bust his ass to try to win? Um, now, the, I think the other reason would be um, he's just not going to play enough games. I, I find it hard to believe Steph's going to end up playing like 75 games, which I think is kind of what you need to do to win the championship. Maybe like at, at the very MVP. least. 70. God damn. <laughs> MVP. Uh, and um, I don't think he gets there. I just don't think he gets there. there. There's also, I think this team is better off. If the Warriors are going to be a successful team, they're better off with him not having to go and score 35 and, and with unreal efficiency, kind of what he does on a team when they're they're not as great, like we saw last yeah. season. Right. And that's when he gets like MVP votes. I think the last time he got real true MVP votes was the, um, was that 2021? Right, like when he had to carry your team, yeah, yeah. So and he was and clearly was the best ugly. player. It was ugly though, right? Like he won the scoring award, and then but the team was terrible. So I don't see it, Sam. I don't see it. Um, John in the chat saying you need sixty-five games to qualify. I think a play sixty-five is probably where he plays. I kind of think you probably need a top seventy games to really get votes. But in theory, he could. I'll paint the picture for you. If everything meshes and they go on to a 65 win one seed type of team, then I think there's going to be a lot of people who will want to give it to them. But I think that's highly unlikely. Here's a, here's a good question for you. 
player awards. So Steph, six best MVP odds. You can go defensive player of the year, Draymond Green, seventh best defensive player of the year odds with players like Jaron Jackson, Evan Mobley, Giannis, AD, Bam, Rudy Gobert ahead of him. And then lifelong warrior favorite, Chris Paul, coming in eighth or ninth on the sixth man of the year. I love this because it's like, does he know he's competing for that award? Uh, We'll find out soon. Which of those three do you think is the most likely? Like, which one could potentially happen? Steph MVP, Draymond, Defensive Player of the Year, Chris Paul, Sixth Man of the Year. It's so easy. It's so easy, the answer to the the question. It's uh, because there's no shot that... Steph and Draymond are going to win either award. Um, they, they're past their prime with that stuff. And it doesn't matter to them anymore. Um, it's got to be Chris. And you know what? And you talked about this before, Sam. Bro, Steve is going to push it. If Chris Paul decides to come off the bench and he excels, they are going to run. You remember the Andrew Wiggins campaign? They are going to run the Chris Paul sixth man of the year campaign to the you- ground. You thought Bob was annoying with the Wiseman stuff. Now ready for the Chris Paul six man of the year. The boy God, you know, the the, the greatest. It's just, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be special. I kind of agree with you. I think the full Warriors machine, which, hey, which K-pop star are they going to get to campaign for, for Chris Paul? I mean, this will be easy. They'll get Blackpink even. I mean, it doesn't even matter. They'll, they'll get they'll get what needs to happen. We'll hear some nasty stuff too. Like we'll hear about like, you know, Chris Paul has done a better job of getting guys to take the next step. Like he's gotten more out of Kaminga as a true point guard that Steph couldn't. Right? We'll we'll get the <laughs> he's brought more leadership to the team. You know that 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 they needed because they couldn't control Jordan Poole. We'll hear that. Right? He stabilized their turnovers and stuff. We will just hear the nastiest stuff. If he's gonna play well as a sixth man, I, I I don't know if I'm mad about it, Sam. I don't know if I'd be mad about it as long as the Warriors are winning. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can I can see I can see the whole thing. Like a, I already know how it's going. I already know someone's gonna get canceled on Twitter the day that they start claiming that you know CP's doing more to improve the Warriors than Steph. It's just. How many years in a row of the same type of stuff do we have to have? Mm. Anyway. Mm. I cannot wait. I can't. Anyway, there is one other NBA thing going on. FIBA World Cup starts Friday. Yeah, Friday the 25th. Starts this weekend. Honestly, I'm a little excited. It's uh it'd be a fun tournament. I've enjoyed these team USA games. Did you watch the was it the yes. Germany one on Saturday? Yes, I did. It's a good game, right? I love watching Team USA. I've watched everyone except for the Spain game. I, just, I, really I, I love I love the brand of basketball FIBA. It's a little grimier. It's a little more physical. It's, it's fun to watch, right? It's a little. It's it's more of a team basketball game. I mean, I just okay. I, and NBA. We love the NBA. You you know we mean you. I you know, love the NBA, but God, I don't. I don't need to watch another game where I see one guy dominate the ball for 48 minutes. So I, I enjoy it. Any, anytime FIBA. you approach him, it's a foul. Oh, so I, I enjoy I enjoy FIBA hoops. I really like it. Steve Kerr made a little, little headway here about Anthony Edwards, who obviously had uh, 34 against Germany and Woo. really kind of just a breakout performance. They were going to lose that game. Uh, they dug in. Anthony Edwards just he got hot. He was the man. He kind of he looked like what 
if you liked him coming out of the draft, that's the player he thought he was going to be, which is just yeah. that superstar shooting guard. Give me the ball and get you know get out of the way. Steve Kerr says he's unquestionably the guy. Ooh. Everyone's hyping him up. They're taking a big step this year. My question for you is: Are you buying Anthony Edwards as the next star of the NBA, particularly the next American star? Because let's be honest. After Steph and LeBron, this league has been dominated by European players. It's been Giannis. It's been uh, Jokic. Embiid's not your sorry, uh, non-American players. Embiid, throw them in there. Luca, like Luka. it's been a minute since we've had a good. We've had a real American superstar, like a guy who can unquestionably be that guy. Are you buying Anthony Edwards? Answer a question with a question. Do we have a choice? <laughs> do we do we have a choice? Who are other options? Who are other options? John Morant, Jason Tatum, Devin I'm buying Booker. him over. I'm buying him over John. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But those are but like marketability and face of the NBA, though. You know what I mean? Like it's more than just how, how they are as a basketball player. So we're talking, we're talking Jaw, Devin, and 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 Devin Booker and Jason Tatum. We're like, aren't those three guys after that are the, yeah. the closest to Anthony Edwards? So yeah, I don't think we have a choice. I think Edwards got the talent to be a two-way monster. I think he still leaves a little bit to be desired as the main ball handler, main playmaker, but it's, I think he's going to get there. And he's charismatic as hell, dude. He's hilarious. He seems like he's got the great like Kobe-ish mentality, right? He's got that toughness. And so, I, I don't know. I, I think it's an easy sell, uh, Anthony Edwards, versus I don't think his competition is that high to be the American face of the NBA. I, I just don't. I think that's part of it, too. I do agree with you. The part of his game that makes me skeptical he can ever be the guy is playmaking. Yeah, I didn't want to dive too deep into that. I felt like an Kinda, asshole. Like, it's, just, it's, it's just... But I, but on the, on the flip side, of all those guys, he probably has the highest upside defensively. And I, I just... Yes. I think attitude means a lot. If he can, He's got enough physical talent it's honestly he's got enough skill too to get there. It's just like how bad does he want it? And he he comes across like a guy who just likes to compete. I'll bet on that every time, you know? Like he he's what, six five? He's he's definitely he's not six three. He's definitely more of like a Wade Harden, like actually kind of a big shooting guard type of guy. And he I like I like guys who get a little angry when someone shows them up like it's easier to coach someone who cares than it is to you know look i don't i don't want to get into the jordan pool thing but do you think he cared that people scored on him at all this year i saw franz wagner get taken away the last fourth quarter of that game right and a lot of that was anthony Edwards and you know mikhail and all those guys but yeah, you're right you're right the I, I maybe the only pushback is you know lebron and steph and KD, those guys are MVPs, like double, like multiple time MVPs, all time greats, top ten to fifteen to twenty players of all time. And I know that Jaw is not going to get there. I know that Tatum. I think we know he's not going to get there. Um, Devin Booker, I think we know he's not going to get there. Anthony Edwards, I think we don't know if he's going to get there, but we also don't know if he will. I think maybe that's part of it. Because I, yeah, I mean, the only he could, he could. Did you know Steph was going to get there when he was Aunt Edward's no, age? No, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. Aunt is 22 years old. Right. Right. At 22, I thought Steph was a stud for the Warriors. Right. But at no point 
did I think he was going to change basketball? Like, I was just like, they found a player. Maybe he could be a second option on a playoff team. You know, I didn't, I didn't think he'd be like yeah. what he became. Uh, it's just like, go back in time to his rookie year with, with Nelly. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I remember it too vividly. Anyone what? who says they knew that that was coming at that point is just straight up lying to you. You know, I thought he was, I thought he had a chance to be like as good as Steve Nash, which is amazing. But, Turns out he's a he's a lot better than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it turns out he's like five times the player. But uh, I I think we're on the same page with Ant. I, I dude, I wasn't that high on him coming in, but I mean, I, I like the um I like the fact that he tells everyone the story about how Kerr blasted him. To me, that kind of tells me like, oh, he's I think he's cut from the the right competitive cloth because the 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 story is the draft workout Kerr's like. You're not even trying, dude. You're not working hard. You know, blah blah blah. If you want to play in the NBA, you got to show me more than this. Uh, and he got all mad, and he immediately started playing harder. And like you say, it's immaturity, but it's about how you respond to that yeah. sort of stuff, in my opinion. And that was, I'll bet on the guy who who responds to that stuff over the guy who like it gets in their head too. Yeah, much. I, I think that's. I mean, I guess lasting on this before we get our guy Aponte on is that. The, the rumors about him being kind of lazy at times with basketball were, were true. Doesn't mean that he didn't go ahead and fix that and now is awesome and, and is one of the most hardworking players on the team. He talks about it, like you said. Steve Kerr brought it up to his face, and uh, it seems like it's kind of changed his mentality. So, I mean, people grow. What was he, like 19 <laughs> when that happened? So, right, I th- even though I, if those things were true, I think people change. I hope ne- no one ever judges me off stuff I said at 18 <laughs> for sure. Also, one last pro Anthony Edwards comment. Uh, he's no longer a clutch guy. Uh, you know, he he Ooh. gave everyone his top five all time. Someone was missing. Good list. Good list. Good list. <laughs> this week's Light Years podcast is brought to you by NBA 2K Mobile. Sam, we got a new sponsor. This is my favorite one. Look, I'm a big play games guy. And NBA 2K Mobile just came out with a game that you can play right on your phone, dude. This is as convenient as it gets. You remember those unforgettable go NBA moments? Get ready to create your own epic plays with NBA 2K Mobile. It is the must-play mobile game for basketball lovers who want to conquer the court online. You can download the NBA 2K Mobile free and start customizing your My Player and Dream Team today. There's always something new to explore. Embrace the summer vibes with intense matches on the beach cruise court. Dive in attorney mode, events, and regular updates for nonstop action. You can also unlock and collect tons of player cards to enhance your team's performance. I just unlocked a Jason Tatum card. I don't know what that means about me. That that was the card that I unlocked, but that's my guy. Future warrior Jason Tatum. <laughs> that is my guy. You can step your game up on the court. You can showcase your skills, climb the leaderboard, become a basketball legend. You can play with the virtual joystick or relax with auto mode. Again, best of all, it's free to play on mobile. So download the NBA 2K mobile free on the App Store, Google Play. Use my promo code Tatum2KMobile to redeem an exclusive Jason Tatum Pearl Tier card. That's code T-A-T-U-M-2-K-M-O-B-I-L-E. NBA2K Mobile. This week's Light Years Podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was... 
Game time, because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use light years, L-Y-G-H-T-Y-E-R-S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We got to get to it. We got to get to the star of the show. The man who needs no introduction, host of the Sprint Right Option Pod, Bully Ball, and Gold Standard Podcast Network, and of course, Niners Nation, our guy Jason Aponte. How am I to start the show? And I thought we were doing the sucker free hats. What are we doing, guys? Like, I didn't get the memo. What happened? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a text from Sheed saying I don't rep hard enough. He's Shout out to Sheed, man. Thank you for sending the, the drip, man. I tried. I tried. I tried my best, man. I love it. By the way, you guys, Warriors World by far the best hats. I all day. Hands should down. order them. Hands down. How excited are you for the Niners season right now? Oh, are are you uh, are are you more like another grind or are you just all hype right now? You know what? I found out this summer that the Niners are the structure that I need to keep my life in order. And I don't know whether that's good or bad, but right now that I actually have football to like grind and like look through and everything as well, too, it's kind of kept me in line and it's put me in a place where I'm out of trouble and I'm, I'm enjoying the game that I love so much. So, you know, going into the offseason, there was a lot of discourse that I found was repetitive and, and, and really didn't add anything to it. But now that we have actual football, I kind of realized I needed it more than I think I did, which I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, guys. Have we reached the point of preseason where you're like, can we just get to the real games yet? Or or, or do we still have a little more? Are you still getting into the practice talk and the let's see, you know, let's let's discuss Jake Moody's kicking angles and that sort of stuff? Yeah, that's your thing. You had to bring up the kicker thing just because you know it's going to trigger me. Like, so I understand that. <laughs> No, honestly, um, I would have felt that way, but Trey Lance did something really, really good at the end of that last game that really has me in tune with this last preseason game because I do realize that this is probably going to be his last chance to see him play football, barring injury. So preseason has been good because I just want to see the young man play, and this is the only time that he'll be allowed to play. So normally, if there wasn't such an exciting prospect or someone that was so unknown behind a starting quarterback, I would just say just fast forward to the season. But after what Trey Lance just showed you in this game, how can you not be excited and not want to see the kid play just a little bit more? Me and uh, me and my friends watched that fourth quarter like it was the freaking Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like it was honestly, it was embarrassing, but football is crazy, man. And, and to your point, it, he's not just behind the starting quarterback, dude. He's behind two quarterbacks. He's a third string quarterback. He is going to, if he's not traded, by next week after this game, uh, he's a third-string quarterback, right? And it's crazy. So I was watching that on pins and needles, sitting there hungover, sweating, because it's like 85 degrees in the Bay Area this weekend, last weekend. And I'm just like, wow, look at those darts. Look at those darts, man. 18 you know, darts. Cameron you know, Lattu. The 85 degrees is hot. 
And like me being on the East Coast, like 85 is just like normal, right? Like we're like sitting here going through like 87. Like it's like like going out of style. But and no, you see, you don't you don't get it too, because Andy's like a born and raised city kid. And it like if it hits 67, he's like, ooh, hot day. No, that sort of things. And I and I know Andy's outside of the city finally took what 30, 30 plus years yeah, 30. to move you out. And now he's just, you know, it's it's <sighs> adding he's like oh 80 what is this it's too hot for me no <laughs> no a little bit to your point about like the whole you know exciting part of the the that game right and that's the thing is steve young talked about it on kmbr and it was something that i kind of had felt throughout the the training camps where kyle shanahan is sick of you putting up training camp numbers like he is sick of it i mean there's not many things that Ch- kyle shanahan likes this is definitely not amongst them but <laughs> Unfortunately for the young man, training camp, his preseason, every single rep is important. That's what Steve Young was talking about on KMBR, that it sucks to feel like every single thing that you do, every single rep that you take, you are trying to stake your claim as why you are a capable NFL quarterback. And nobody should feel that, especially somebody who hasn't played as little as Trey Lance and that's the part where I feel for the young man because he seems to press early on. And then later on, as he, wait, hold on to your seats, gets reps and gets comfortable, starts to actually get comfortable and look a little bit better. Who would have known that a project quarterback that you drafted to be a project needed reps? And as he gets reps, looks a little bit better. I think that was what was most exciting about watching him play at the end of that game. That is kind of the wildest part. Like, I don't even remember people charting practice stats two years ago maybe three years ago something like that and then next thing you know we did when we went to camp we did yeah (laughs) so maybe maybe we're the problem like we we started it from the stands (laughs) dude i have 18 different people giving me different interpretations of what is an incompletion versus sack I'm i'm just sitting here going man it's impossible to get better when people are just like Oh, an awful day through this. I'm, I'm, it's, it's practice. The entire point of practice is to make mistakes. Right. It's and insane. Sam, the, the, the thing is, is too, is this was always my intent when I started, you know, going out sure. to, to do training camp is a completion doesn't denote accuracy and an incompletion doesn't mean you did anything wrong. I mean, Trey Lance made one of the best throws that he's ever made in this game. And he threw it right into Tay Martin's chest on the run, flick of the wrist, and he dropped it, but it's an incompletion. Now, on the other hand, another incompletion was a turnover-worthy play. And the whole discourse around the 49ers quarterback mm. position has lo- – people have lost objectivity where you can't say that there's any sort of context. It's not this far, and it's not this far. The answer is somewhere in the middle. So what we tried to do when we went to training camp was, hey, man, this guy went 9 for 11, but he threw the ball at Debo's ankles, and Debo made a crazy catch to make right. it. That's a completion, but the it Jimmy. wasn't accurate. <laughs> Jimmy, the Jimmy. Jimmy, right. <laughs> Love you, Jimmy. Miss you, buddy. Bro, you go into the Raiders, and they're all of a sudden thrown up, like, what, 35 a game? Like, it's nothing? I, I don't know. Anyway, that's a different conversation. Uh, it might be a Kyle issue, which I'm all in for. <laughs> oh, don't, don't start, Andy. Don't I'm start, sorry. Andy. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear saying. it. Let's get, Brock let's looked get great, off. though. Brock looked great. <laughs> Brock looked good. Brock looked very good. By the way. That brings up a, a different thing. I wanted to pick your brain on this, Aponte. Does I, th- I feel like there's nothing lazier than people comparing Brock Purdy to Jimmy Garoppolo. 
mm-hmm. in general. I'm just saying it's like, I get it. He's more of a, a system quarterback, I guess, by default. But it's just like, there's a wide range there. And I'm sitting here. I'm just wondering, like, what do you, what are you seeing when you watch Brock these days? Because he's what he's four years younger than Jimmy was the first game he played with the Niners, and the offense they ran when he was the quarterback at the end of last year is probably better than anything they've done in Kyle's era. It just it feels like the laziest comp. It's honestly as annoying as any Trey Lance conversation. I think Sam, the biggest thing is that a lot of people have equated the 49ers quarterback situation since they've tried to upgrade from Jimmy. It's just, can you give a little bit more than Jimmy? Because they've been on the doorstep with Jimmy. And to a degree, I do believe that while that assessment may be true, we have kind of taken what Jimmy did a bit for granted. And what I mean by that is, is there is a baseline competency that is needed to operate this offense. Regardless of who the quarterback is, there are going to be wide receivers running, but wide open, naked by themselves, regardless, right? And it's up to the quarterback to hit those things. But when everyone says, I need just a little bit more than Jimmy, well, when you go through the quarterback elite rankings, right? Because there's only four or five dudes. And then everybody else kind of just piles in where they get it, right? One week, you could say Dak is seven. One week, you could say Kirk is 10. One week, all of those guys can switch. But when it comes to Brock Purdy, when you say that he's an instrument of the offense and operates the offense, it's taken somehow as an insult. But realistically, what Kyle Shanahan wants is exactly that. He wants you to see it how he sees it. He wants you to look at the offense and hit the throws as he sees it. Maybe there was, and I do have a bit of a theory, and you know, this perhaps can be you know, waved off as a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Kyle kind of put Jimmy in a spot where it's like, listen, you're not seeing it like me. Throw it to that guy. And he just kind of got locked on the guys instead of just going out and hooping, which is kind of what we saw early on in 2017. Love Kyle. Love him. You've won a ton of games with him. Love him. But he's rigid. He wants you to see it how he sees it. And if you don't, you're in a doghouse. So there is a little bit to that. But I do think that while we were all eager to see quarterback play that exceeded Jimmy Garoppolo, we kind of lost sight of the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo gave you some good baseline. And I think that that's a lot harder than you think it is because there's plenty of teams looking sure. for that, that baseline. So was Matt Ryan. I mean, that, so that was like the perfect, the, the, Matt he Ryan's saw perfect. everything that Kyle saw. And he had the arm to let it rip. Doesn't hurt to have Julio Jones, but Matt Ryan is far better than or people Justin give him Ryan. credit for. Right, right. It, it, Matt Ryan is far better than people give him credit for. Sure, that MVP has a lot to do with Kyle Shanahan scheming right. it up, and that was a perfect storm yeah. of weapons and quarterback. And remember, Matt Ryan spoke how hard it was to pick things up in the first year, second year, boom, MVP. But I do think a lot of people sleep on Matt Ryan as a quarterback in the way that he was because he's a lot better than people give yeah, him credit for. Number one pick, and I mean the guy, the guy was good. That was great yeah. at times. Um, I, I think the cool. I, I think we have this conversation, and we'll see what Brock does because Jimmy, like you said, was doing some crazy stuff before they signed him to that max extension. Then he tears his ACL the next year, and we kind of don't ever see him do the crazy stuff again. We saw Brock do the crazy stuff last season. Like he was rolling in and out of the pocket, throwing some crazy passes sometimes, going to his left, going to his right. He's got no arms, so he's floating some of these sometimes. Should probably be intercepted. Um, I wonder if he gets if if some of that gets curtailed. But I mean, I don't know. I just saw him play the first possession. He's doing crazy shit again, kind of. 
Like he sticks Oops. his foot in the ground. He's running into a guy, which is exactly how Jimmy G gets hurt. So I'm just like, I don't know, maybe Brock's too crazy. Maybe he's just. <laughs> Well, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. Well, that's the thing with Kyle, right? It's funny because if you go back to actually the Raiders game, Brock oh. breaks from a clean pocket in which Jawan Jennings is wide open, turns down the throw. All he had to do was let it rip early and Jawan's in for an easy touchdown. And that's how Kyle saw it. He bails to his left and throws a jump ball to Kittle in the back of the end zone and Kittle comes down with a touchdown. Now, touchdown sounds good. But not Kyle Shanahan. He comes over and he's like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? It's a, it, Kyle is so much in the camp that I am of process instead of results. Right. So, for instance, in the same Raiders game that we just saw with Trey Lance, Trey Lance rolls his right. He makes a throw. It ends up as a touchdown. It's poor process. But your result is fine, which is kind of back to Sam's point about completions and how it looks and 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 what you're going by with numbers like there's stats should be one way of one piece of the puzzle to evaluate a player at the end of the day you still have to watch the tape if i can quote the great rich madrid you still have to watch the tape and you still have to watch the games <laughs> like at the same time i think it's actually a good point by john in the chat you know it shouldn't be taken as extreme but brady was instrumental in the offense i, I feel like that's the high end of literally just process and always making the correct decision and every coach and every offensive mind is going to be in hunt of Tom Brady for the rest of eternity. But that's also why he has seven rings. He's one of the greatest of all time. 100%, right? In the beginning, I think a lot of people think that he was just ripping it to Randy Moss or like how it is. Yeah. Like you, you kind of forget how they won those games. They played defense. He, he held the ball. He was a game manager. He was very much that guy, right? Like, and I think that's very important. Now, I think the part that we get carried away with is – using Tom Brady as this example for Brock Purdy as if Tom Brady is not the like exception. It's, yeah. yeah, like it's just like, well, he did it and he's going to do it. Dope. There's got to be some way to temper your expectations. That's like that's like every kid thinking if they hit a couple threes, it could be Steph Curry. Steph it's Curry, like, It's 100%. probably not, not going to happen 100%. for you, but, you know, keep trying. You know? by, the way, <laughs> by the way, I'm sorry, Andy. By the way, I love what you guys were talking about when you were talking about people talking about players from their era. About being like, you know, like, oh, I watch them. What sure. do you know? Right. Because I get a ton of that with um with Derek Jeter, right? I love Derek Jeter, right? Like you see him like right here, like on my like I love Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is my favorite player, but I would never go out of my way to tell anybody that because you like Francisco Lindor. Oh, well, he was no Jeter. Like, you understand? Like, people have a hard time separating their favorite from what's actually going on. And I think that's a lot of what clouds the Steph and Magic. Discussion. Yeah. Oh, Beauty, of sports. Beauty of sports. Uh, I'm going to take what you you guys talked about with the pass and the defense and early age and all that stuff. I would push back and say maybe the Niners missed their chance of winning a championship with an elite defense because I'm watching the Niners defense's preseason. We had Vish Kumar on last week, and he talked about the Niners no, having a top five de defense. And not many teams have a top five defense for more than five years in a row. And I think the Niners are going to be, not, you know, year five now, six. Um, defense doesn't look great. And all great. Nick Bose is not showing up. Don't know when he's going to show up. Um, and uh, quarterbacks kind of stuck. Uh, you know, you're not really. Yeah, I haven't talked to you about this, Andy. Are you really oh. worried that Bose is not going to resign? Right. Are you? He's not here, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's not here. I mean, he's not. He's we got to figure out about something, right? I, I, 
you know, defense stinks without Bosa, man. That guy is that guy is, a, is the best player in the league. Best defensive player in the league. They are not good without him. I don't care about Fred Warner. I don't care about who, like, you know, you know what I mean? Any of these guys. They don't got Nick Bosa. And let's say he does come back a week from now. I mean, he still has to be ready to play football. It's not like he could just walk in. I don't know. I'm just saying I'm used to this defense being great all the time. They're like a top three defense. And I just, I don't know. Maybe they're not. Andy, I think the thing that you should be concerned about um, if Nick Bosa does return is less about like Russ, but it's like the soft tissue injuries. And and that's the thing, right? Like it's like ramping up as fast. I know Nick Bosa is in incredible shape, man. The, the man's an Adonis. Like I know that that's fine. But football shape and playing, like I understand that. I do want to push back a little bit on the fact that the 49ers have to be a number one defense. And I still think they're a top five defense. And they could be five. The difference is, if Trey Lance was starting, they've got to be number one. They've got to be number one. They've got to be able to choke off almost every single drive. Now, Brock Purdy's there. You can slip to five. You have Christian McCaffrey. You can still score points, and you can put up points in bunches. So there is a little bit of difference. The 49ers can take a step back, and I think that that's very fair to talk about because regression happens. It's the NFL. Guys get injured. You never know who's going to get injured on this team, right? Like there's still a little bit going to that. And also we, we still haven't really touched on the point that Steve Wilkes is kind of a brand new DC, right? D'Amico Ryan's, you know, for all the 49er fans that wanted to fire him every first half was incredible with all his second half adjustments. And he was great. That's why he landed a job with the Texans. But I think the, the good thing about this 49ers team is McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, um, you can lose a little bit on the defensive side, fall to five, and still be incredible and still be able to win a ton of games. And I think that's a testament to this roster. Ah, they're going to average like 30 points a game on offense. I think so, too. Dude, I they're, so, so too. they're so stacked. Yeah. Let's end on this one. All right. We, we talk quarterback, which is first, second, and third topic for everyone. And we talk defense with no Bosa. What is the storyline around the Niners that – no one is talking about right now. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody's not talking about it. I think it's become a point of contention now. It's nickel cornerback. And yeah. I think a lot of the thing that when we talked about the secondary, I talked about offseason that I was very worried about, hey, look, Charveris Ward's a stud. Diamandola De- Nord at the end of the year actually looked very good. But what happens if one of those guys get injured? And, you know, Mooney moved a little bit into, you know, being injured. Then you kind of see Ambry Thomas pop out against the Raiders and you start to say, well, you know, what if you're a little bit deeper than you think? The 49ers bring in Isaiah Oliver, the quote unquote best available nickel corner that was out there. The man is not tackling cones or track uh, or dummies or anything like that right now at this point, which is a big concern. But Ambry Thomas, if he can solidify the outside cornerback spot and look a little bit like the guy that we saw at the end of 2021, and you can kick Diamandola Nor inside, your depth has completely changed. And now you can start to have the discussion about does the coverage cause the sack or was the sack because like, like saving the coverage? Like there's always a discussion. Do you go for secondary to cause sacks or do you just go for pass rush to cover the back end? But for something that really felt like kind of a question mark, if Ambry Thomas can get out there and hoop, now you're really looking at a secondary behind, you know, with Gibson and and Hufanga, and I love Jair Brown. Now, like, you're really looking at a team that, like, is loaded on the back end and will be able to create pressure because of Chris Kosarek and the way that this rotation works and everything. And, you know, you need Nick Bosa back. 
But I think secondary and nickel cornerback is something that I think was something that was a foregone conclusion when you bring on Isaiah Oliver. But now it seems a little bit more open. And if you can move the Amadolinor inside, I don't know if there's many slot cornerbacks better than Ely. Yes, I don't know if there's many wow. slot corners better than Demo because of how well he's done outside. And remember, let's not forget, he snatched that job away from Samuel Womack. Yeah. After Samuel Womack didn't really do anything poor. Like It's not like Samuel Womack lost that job because he was getting burned. Wow. It was more about Demo pushed him. So if you move Demo inside, you've really got an advantage now, and, and he's not afraid to get his helmet dirty and play run defense because you have to be an extra linebacker, essentially. I think the secondary is is shaping up a little bit more than we thought it would, and I feel a lot better about it. I'm sold. I don't know anything about DBs. I, I don't know how to football guy. I don't know anything about that stuff. Did you want me to yell about the kicker? Because I can do that for a few uh, more minutes. If you want to do that. <laughs> I, by the way, I just did my did my fantasy draft. I got Jake yep. Moody just because he – Jake Moody. Did you really? It was an auction yeah. draft. Did you? How much you pay a dollar for Jake Moody? That yeah, that's disgusting. I, it was not. Just to be clear, look, oh my. I any 49er fan that's listening to this, um, I'm a big comic book fan. You see the Spider-Man stuff for the audio. Oh, listeners, yeah. You can't see it yet. Okay, I'm a big believer in multiverses. So in my multiverse that I choose to live in, Ronnie <laughs> Bell was taken at 99. And, and Jake Moody was taken at the end of the seventh round. So I don't feel so bad about him missing kicks at this point. If you want to live in this multiverse with me and it makes you feel better about Moody, please come on over. We have cookies. You guys can come on over. <laughs> could have taken an old lineman. It could have taken. You could have taken any football player. You could have taken Blake Freeland, Dewan Jones. You could have taken any actual football player that would actually play downs and, and contribute to your team for years and years. The pick at Moody was a little bit arrogant, and it was a little bit taking like, well, we don't need anything. Let's just Kyle, baby. That's Kyle, baby. By the way, by the way, before we get out of here, the Spider-Verse, I watched it over the weekend. One of the Incredible. best anime. It's just so Incredible. stupidly good. So Andy. stupidly good. Incredible. Andy, that movie <laughs> is so good. I saw the movie in the theaters. I watched it again with my daughter. Mm. And they change things from it. There's more. There's multiple versions of that movie, like multiverse. There's multiple versions of that movie. You could watch it on one medium and get one thing from one part, and it's completely changed on another medium. Absolutely genius storytelling, and it's the, easily the best thing that's ever been committed to any sort of Spider-Man film, yeah. live action, animated, anything like that. Wow, I agree. I agree. I agree. Sam's I need the like third one. Completely out of it right now. Sam's just like, I don't care. Oh, I'm making that same face that Jake Moody is making right there. I'm just like, I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm just gonna glare. It's, all, it's the only <laughs> thing good go. about uh, about Marvel superheroes these days, anyway. That's like the only thing good that I've seen in like, the last two plus. Years. Andy, so Andy, let's do a Marvel pod where we can complain about this entire phase uh, and how they're just completely like being arrogant. It's like literally the MCU is taking kicker after kicker with all these shows, and they're just like, and they're not, they're not doing anything right. <sighs> That's that's about where I'm at with these guys. So I, I'm more, at least I'm excited about the Niners' defense now. You've got me pumped up. So there's that. I'm leaving. With yeah, that. no, the secondary feels a lot leaving better. I promise you, the the secondary feels a lot better, and the secondary should feel better with someone like Steve Wilkes, who is a career DB coach and somebody who who can coach up DB. So it's 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 good. It's very good. Aponte, appreciate you, my man. Right. Anything you want to plug that I didn't plug on? No, thank you guys, man. I'm just disappointed you guys didn't wear the sucker free hats. I thought that was the bit. That's why, like, I, I brought it on. But like, I wasn't gonna take it off after my hair is looking crazy. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, Sprint Ride Option podcast with Andrew Pasquini, Bully Ball podcast with Steph on um, Steph Sanchez, who I love on um, Gold Standard Podcast Network, and yeah, Niners Nation. I write every single day on there. You guys can check me out all of there, and you know, for for memes and uh, you know, a little bit of shit posting. 
Um, follow me on X or Twitter or whatever the hell it's called at this point. Jason Aponte 2103. Appreciate you, my man. Get out of here on that. <laughs>